<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 he ready for the newscast. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, it's all good, man. <laughs> I guess this more little, more humble today. <laughs> 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 little John Legend to kick it off. About to be the face of this area. Yep. I'm gonna see that, bro. In yeah, Alabama. We don't see that in existence. Yes, because yeah. you know my mama's Sunday school teacher. She said you speak with the tongue and speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. And today we have my frat brother running for U.S. Congress office in the state of Alabama. Yeah. James Abelhart. <laughs> he got his little bear away. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. 
950. It's, it's none other than James Avon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Smooth hits of the 70s, 80s, and today. <laughs> What's that segment when like, people call in to talk to Keith Sweat? I don't even know what the segment is, but they, they call in and be like, you know. Yeah, like. Look, he know. <laughs> and we ain't talking about the ones with us we're talking no, about. No, no, uh-uh. <laughs> man, but yeah, man, we're joined today, man, with James Aberhart. He is running for the U.S. Congress seat. Correct. That's correct. Uh, for the state of Alabama. Yeah, Alabama first congressional district. That is yeah. Alabama first <clears throat> congressional district. See, I, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna say that I'm the most po- political person that is, but I'm trying to better myself in the politics, and uh, it's a few things that we want to discuss today. Yeah. And we uh, we reached out to to the to his his management team, you know, because we want. We wanted to be professional. Yeah, I, I could have easily just picked the phone up and hit him up like, "Hey, bro, text me like, <laughs> bro, I need you to come on." Nah, nah, nah. We gonna do a professional. So, so also, who didn't call this people? No, 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 no. Kendrick no. called this people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I put okay. I put my mature Wood hat on and, and transformed. <laughs> became Kendrick, and I, I reached out and I said, "Hey, do you think?" Neighborhood would would like to come on a podcast this this week. Uh, it's a topic we want to discuss. Yeah, she reached out. She said, "Give me a few." Yeah, he'll do it. I said, "Great." Yes, I'm on it, bro. And then she was like, "Well, what y'all gonna be talking about?" I had to come up with an outline real quick because you know, I normally just son, that's normally you yeah, that do the outline. I said, "Okay." Let me shoot that. Then I ran about him. I said, "Hey, man, what y'all think of this? It's great." I said, "All right, cool." But I already sent it out, so if, if yeah, y'all didn't like it, if y'all didn't like it, man, we would have had to roll with it. But, but yeah, man, um, we're gonna have a nice, nice little conversation, nice little intimate black conversation today. Yeah. Um, man, I feel like for the last couple of weeks, man, we just been coming in here and discussing our people, man. It's been rough. It has it has been rough. It yeah. has been rough. And um, first and you know foremost, we have to uh, you know give a rest in peace to uh, another black male that has lost his life yep. to the hands of police. Yep. Mr. Floyd himself. Yep. In Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. We, if we all could just give a moment of silence to him and his family, please. Thank you all. Uh, man, um, I honestly don't know where where to start. I, I don't know where to start. You know, uh, I don't know if we should start with that. Uh, we should start with the the topic, you know, that I presented first. Or, I mean, where would y'all like to start today? Man, I think it would kind of be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge it Definitely. and talk about. I mean, that's the elephant in everybody's room right now. Right. Um, 
<clears throat> is is of course is, is tragic. It's, it's tragic what happened to him. Um, how he was pulled over for whatever reason, and they took this man's life. Mm. There's no other anything else around it. Okay, they took this man's life. Um, and I think what's been probably the most intriguing part about it for me is that the different ways that us in the black community are handling it. I think all of us, like, it hits all of us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, a a lot of us, it's it's definitely, like, a pain point for all of us. But everybody has a different viewpoint as far as, like, how to address it. Yeah. You know, we got some is like, well, you know, let's be peaceful about it. You know, let's try to create some dialogue between us and them to see if we can get some type of corrective action done. We got, let's try to find a different way to protest. And then you got a lot of people that honestly are just mad as hell. But honest, to be perfectly honest, because of the way things have been going on for the last few years, mm-hmm. recently, you can't frown upon either either approach, right. in my opinion. You know, like, you, you know, if, if you mad as hell and you are, I don't, that's not my preference of protest. But I can't, I can't really get upset with you about that right now. Yeah. You know, because to be honest, nothing's really working. So we have to find different ways to try to correct it. Well, man, I like, you know, uh, before we set up, and you know, I was, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the Zoom call that that I had, you know, with my with my line brothers, you know, uh, earlier this week, and you know, AJ Baller, he was like, man, what y'all think about? Uh, you know the uh, incident that happened. I said, "Bro, to be perfectly honest, I at that point I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, I just don't. Want, I didn't want to talk about it because of the fact that I'm not immune to it. But it's just like I've been talking about this for so much over the last few months to where like. I'm worn down, you know, and I'm not trying to sound insensitive to the situation, but it's just like, all right, black person gets killed by police. The black community is is in a disarray. Yeah. Two weeks pass by, comes down. Everybody back to their life. Three more weeks later. Another black man is killed, or a black female is killed at the hands of police. Right. Black community in disarray again. What are we going to do? Everybody is doing this here, doing this, talking, 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 talking. Dies down again. This has been a repeat thing for over the last few months to the years. And I'm just so, like, at that time, I, I was just tired. You know, mm-hmm. I was just just tired of talking about it because it's like nothing is getting done. Like, yeah, they they arrested the guy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say his name. He got enough publicity. Yeah. Without Wu saying his name. Right. Right. Racist <laughs> son of a bitch. Right. But they 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 arrested him, charged him. Great. Okay. Fine. What's gonna happen from here? Exactly. Are we gonna get justice from this because he's being represented by the same guy uh, that uh, represented one of these other cops and got off? 
I can't remember his name right now. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I, I can't remember. You know who it was that he killed. Um, but he represented one of these other cops. Got them off. I don't feel like nothing's gonna get done. Mm-hmm. They bumped it from a first degree to a third degree. Mm-hmm. What is it, like third degree or manslaughter? A third, manslaughter. yeah, yeah, third degree <clears throat> if convicted, twenty five years. Yeah, with the possibility of parole if convicted. If, if, so I'm like, I don't, I don't. Okay, woohoo. I can't celebrate him being charged. Mm-hmm. Convict this motherfucker. Right. You know? Right. And then they went on and gave a whole list of offenses this dude had, man. Yeah. Shooting people. Beating people. Right. And administrative leave here and there. You know what I'm saying? It's like a look. Slap on the wrist. Hey, man. Calm down. Go sit down. Right. Chill out. Yes, sir. Right. Back doing it again. Right. And what really got me the most, these two, man, him and Floyd, worked together. They did security. Together. Did security, man, for years. It ain't like, it ain't, yeah, it's not like, okay, one weekend, you know what I'm saying? Two weekends, a month maybe. Well, you don't you you gonna work you gonna work with somebody for sixteen or seventeen years and not know anything about them, mm-hmm. not conversate at all, right. even if you don't like a person for sixteen years. Yeah, sometimes years. Right. Yeah. Like I heard that, and I'm like, man, that has to be personal. Like something happened to where, like you know this dude, <laughs> man, you know him. Right. You know. I'm just, bro, I'm frustrated. Like, and I, I mean, I don't blame, man. Look, all over the world right now, everybody protesting, burning shit up. Go ahead. Even here tomorrow, man, they're supposed to be having a peaceful protest. How peaceful? I don't know. Yeah. So from from where you sit right now, yeah. what does it look like for you? You know, first and foremost, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm convicted in, in regards to this. You know, I'm hurt as well, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, um, first and foremost, it doesn't matter what the individual did, the brother did, Mr. Floyd. It doesn't matter what he did. He did not deserve murder, to be murdered. Right. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. Right. You know, as an individual with law enforcement history and background, you know, that should always be rules of engagement. Right. When you pull the individual over. Yeah, protocol. Right. That you must carry on with. Right. And I mean, then, you did. I'm sorry to cut yeah. you out, but you're you're a military veteran. Right. How many years of service that you did? Thirty years, two months, and twelve days. Thirty years, two months, twelve days. Mm-hmm. I only did nine years. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the months or the days. <laughs> yeah. But it's something that we go by that standard across right. the military, which is the rules of engagement. That's right. And ain't nowhere right. in the rules of engagement. It changes, it deviates, none of that. That's right. At all. Am I correct, You're sir? Absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And th- that that he showed yeah. and exemplified a knee to the neck, yeah. that's no way in our we don't even do that in combatives. Right. Mm-hmm. right. 
I'm sorry to cut y'all. No, it's all good. You know, you just made me think of something. I'm just going to jump into it. Right, go ahead. The, the, the picture that we see. Yeah. You know, it's got this guy, this officer has his knee on this, uh, this uh, we'll say suspect neck at that time, because that's what he was. Mm-hmm. I just call it for what it is. You know, you know, I'm a pressure point control tactic instructor. Mm-hmm. The, the tactics that he utilized was totally illegal. You know, then you have four other, three other officers in assistance, but putting your neck on the individual neck is totally against the law. Right. Um, period. That, you know, because you have so many other options. If you talk about your rules of engagement, you always, no matter what you do, you use the least amount of force. Period. Mm-hmm. And it should be a forced escalation. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It should be a forced escalation. So it doesn't matter why he was pulled over. He did not, did not deserve to die. You know. Yeah. And so I, it's, it's hurtful and it's painful. As you stated, um, from my seat, you know, I think um, I'm aspiring to be a politician. By no means am I a politician. I'm not a career politician. But I'm aspiring to, to you know, be a voice at the table mm-hmm. for all people. Yeah. You know, first and foremost. But as a politician, you know, I've been listening here to the ground at our local representatives and, you know, um, from the council, you know, to the state, you know, whether it's the Senate or the House of Representatives in Alabama, you know, and see who's talking. Nobody's talking. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I haven't heard them. Mm-hmm. Anyone speak. I don't know about you all. Nah, I heard nothing. Yeah. Is because it's a touchy subject. Nobody want to piss anybody else off, but it's not a matter of pissing somebody off. You know, with this, we cannot continue to dance around the Mulberry Bush. Right. Yeah. This is a subject, and nobody want to talk about race. Yeah. You know, because it's a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. But in order to, you know, in order to move forward and bridge the gap, you have to have the hard conversation. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to communicate and talk about the issues that are that are affecting the people. Yeah. Not just white people or black people. All people, yeah. all genders, you know, all races and religions. You have to have the conversation. You know, there are so many ways, you know, we always jump in a reactionary mode, what I see. Mm-hmm. You know, not too often do we work and be proactive. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what we need to do now. If I was downtown, you know, and we may already have a, um, I don't know, uh, a uh, community, relation, community relation officer. Uh, department here. You need to establish some programs. You know, there's all kinds of organizations out here. You need to call everybody to the table at least once a month. And you need to start to, you know, create some programs and initiate some programs. Yeah. You know, especially with our law enforcement officers because they are, you know, whether it's law enforcement or firemen or EMT or whatever the case may be, you have to create um, some type of, you know, recognition, you know, like being in the military. Whereas, you know, each month you recognize sensitivity training. Mm-hmm. You have to keep that on their mind. You have to always see what's what's working. Our leaders should be looking right now around the, around the country and talk about and see the lessons learned. What are they learning in Atlanta, Chicago, New York? It doesn't matter what the issue may be, whether it's COVID-19, you know, what's working, what's not working, how can we make it better? Because believe it or not, it's going to come to our front door. Yeah. At some point in time, May not be today, may not be tomorrow, maybe three months down the road, maybe a year down the road, but it's gonna to come to our front door. Then what are we going to do? What are we gonna be prepared to do? You know, so we need to be proactive in, in our in our actions and, and what we're doing. You know, we need to get off this thing that it's just about me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I got lines. You get yours. Yeah. Well, I see. I think normally, and I've I've been like this before. We don't, and it's it's sad to say, but a lot of times, a lot of things don't really affect us until it hits close to home. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I know for the past couple of weeks, like like I've I've always expressed. We don't we don't have those strong leaders like our ancestors did that are out here in the trenches fighting for us. Like, just I mean, I, I'm sorry to say we we our generation lacks that. Our gener like I remember when I was looking back, just doing some research on on Bloody Sunday and the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And how, like, I click on one name and it is these people. Like, say, for instance, I click on Martin Luther King Jr. and Edmund Pettus Bridge. Then you'll have Rosa Parks. You'll have uh, uh, James Shutterworth. You'll have all these other names that are linked. Mm -hmm. You may also want to look into this. You know, now, if if I click on something like Tamir Rice's name, I don't have nobody else to do any research to see who's out here fighting for us, you know, and that's where we lack it. Well, because well, I mean, like the leadership, right? Yes, right. But I, it's just because we're in a society where nobody wants to make anybody upset, no wants yeah, to upset anybody. Like, like the reason that there's no dialogue around this is because nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Like nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Like it's like you say, it's okay to be uncomfortable. As long as we're working towards something to like to to correct something, like it's okay. But nobody wants to be uncomfortable. That's why when Kaepernick took a knee and he was trying to, he did that so he could create some type of dialogue. He was crucified. Yeah. Because it was forcing people to try to have an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. And they didn't want to have it. But they wanted to flip it and say, oh, right. he's not patriotic. Right. Why do you want to treat the United States flag like oh, this? Man, you know what? I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. But I felt where Cap was coming from because I've been a victim of racism within the military. Yeah. You know, and it's and don't get me wrong, like I have some some white friends in the military that I talk to to this day. But we all know in every aspect, if it's the military, the politics, whether it's on your job, man, it is what's known as that good boy system. Yeah. Why is it called the good boy system? Because those white men in those places looking down upon us right. and helping their friends, right. r- rubbing elbows, mm-hmm. the good boys. Good yeah. boys. Good the old good, old boys. Boys. Yes. Right. good old boys. You know what I'm saying? And we on the outside looking in trying to get there. But we don't have nobody there. And then sometimes when you do have somebody there, this nigga like, oh, I got mine. You got to get yours. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. There you go. Right. So we, we, not only are we fighting the good boy system, but we fighting that, that good old Negro uh, right. Right. system as well. Right. Sense of division, dividing. Yeah, yeah. Let's continue to divide them. You know right. what they use now is money, mm-hmm. position. What I spoke about earlier. Yeah, money, 
power and prestige. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. Yep. Money, power, and prestige. And what they would do is, and this is what I've seen. I'm not talking about what I heard. This is what I know. And I've seen that in the last 10 months of running for office, whereas you spread money around, you know, in the African-American community. Mm -hmm. And it breaks the community up, mm -hmm. you know, and have them diverted to do something else in which they know in their heart what they should be doing. Why is it like yeah. that? Because society made us feel like niggas love free shit. Yeah. Yeah. Society made they made us feel that way. Oh man, niggas gonna love this. Yeah. What what you were saying about Sandy Stimson? Oh, throw them niggas some tucker and some fish. And some fago. fried fish. Fago. Oh, them niggas gonna eat that shit up and I'm gonna have all the black votes. And guess what? He got him. That song bitch got him. Yeah, he got him. He got him. Shit, I ain't worried about nobody goddamn censoring my ass. I'm, I'm just one person. Right, right. right. Yeah. Oh, well. Right, that's why we got the platform. Yeah. yeah. Shit, fuck it. You just keep it real and tell the truth, though. Exactly. Yeah. And it's sad that it that it transpired. And so it's almost like a template that's been created mm -hmm. and which others are following. Mm -hmm. you know, and they'll go to get someone from the African-American community to kind of lead the way. Mm -hmm. Somebody that's connected, somebody that has a platform, somebody that has a great following. Right. You know, to lead that charge for them, and somebody can pay. It goes back to that money piece. Mm -hmm. You see? Man. Um, well, big brother, sir, we going to pause real quick for the sponsors. But a lot of y'all have noticed, I have heard this voice in the background. Um, and like I said, his name is James Aberhart. When we come back, we're going to let him discuss who he is. Let you all know who he is and what he's about to accomplish in this area. And we also going to discuss why do black people feel like we have to vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. So after the commercial break of hearing from our sponsor, man, we're going to touch on all these topics and more. All right, we back, we back, we back. We, um... Back with the homie Wu and Mr. James Everhart. Let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a close. I got a close. like three times in a row. Did you hear it? No. I'm not great at that. It's But, um, you know, we want to give you an opportunity to tell the people about yourself, you know, kind of who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about why you're running for Congress. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother, for just inviting me out. I'm uh, enjoying it. Wow, sir. Thank you, you yeah. for coming. Because when you win, <laughs> yeah. when you win, I'm hitting the news stations up and I'm telling them to play this because we had him first. No doubt. Yeah. You're a good father. And you got him right there. <laughs> but no, sir. Thank Especially you for, thank you for coming. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, you know me, brother. You're my frat brother. Um, I'm James Everhart, uh, born and raised in Mobile. I'm a native son of Alabama. You know, grew up in the Maysville area, in Brooklynville area. I was raised by a single parent, um, myself, and uh, have two sisters and one brother. You know, and uh, grew up. My father was killed uh, as a young age down on Texas Street back in the day. And uh, my grandfather pulled me up to Monroe County. Went up there and also, you know, I say my younger days, uh, my 11th, 12th grade year, I went to Monroeville 
and uh, I graduated from high school at, uh, at Jeff Shields. While in Mobile, I also attended Pillars and went to Williamson as well. Um, you know, I was going to go and play football at Tuskegee, but I thought I was grown. You know, I didn't want to play football. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go to college. So I went to the Marine Corps just to get my life, you know, on the, on, on the, on the right line. Uh, had a lot of relatives that was getting in trouble, you know, friends, that, you know, living, living, doing that thing. Yeah. And uh, being raised by a single parent, one thing I knew, I wasn't going to embarrass my mom. You know, so I went into the Marine Corps to do four years. My four years turned into the 30 years, two months and 12 days. Mm-hmm. In that tenure, I had the opportunity to, you know, not glorify combat, but I served in combat, had leadership roles. Uh, I was a Marine Corps drill instructor at Paris Island, uh, the Marine Corps. While in the Marine Corps, I became officer. And I had the opportunity to be the warden of three prisons and the commissioner of 12. Now, I said I didn't want to go to school, but the Marine Corps, the military itself, as you know, mm-hmm. is downsizing, but you know, you had a lot of young individuals coming in and they were smart in the military. They mm-hmm. were smart in the military. Being an officer, I had to get some education. Yeah. So I began to get my education. You know, once I got that associate, I thought I was doing some great things, but I got a bachelor's in criminal justice, a master's in security management. But I was reminded of when I was in combat high, I prayed to God that if he just got me out of that situation, (laughs) (laughs) I'd do what he wanted me to do. Right. So somewhere in there, you know, um, I just follow my heart, you know, and I just give God credit for that, is that uh, I have a PhD in theology and biblical studies. Man, look at that. That's something that I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know that, bro? No, sir. Yeah. PhD. In uh, theology and biblical studies, and I'm currently working on another PhD with Ashford University, organization management and leadership. Mm-hmm. So you know I'm taking advantage of that money, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. So I'm working on another PhD, uh, organization management and leadership. You know, as I grind. Now one will say, "Why are you running for office?" You know, that's the Don't question that we want to know. Okay, let me get to that, my brother. You know, <laughs> have an opportunity, as I stated. Uh, in the commission on correction, you know, my office was in the Pentagon, mm. so I had oversight of, of all of the military brigs, Marine Corps brigs, we call them brigs, the prisons, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Marine Corps brigs, and I also had, I was a stakeholder uh, with some Marines at Fort Leavenworth and, and all of the native facilities as well, so I had oversight as well. So, during this tenure, I had the opportunity to work on Capitol Hill with the 111 and the 112 Congress. Now, how I had the opportunity to work on Capitol Hill, you know, coming from Alabama, you know, I think I was really sheltered, you know, just hung out with my friends and so forth, you know. But I don't think I really experienced racism at that time as a young kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I think our parents may have experienced it, but as kids, we were sheltered from all of that. But I had the opportunity to, um, be volunteer my time. And I found out about racism in the military. You know, how these brothers, much like the Tuskegee Airmen and the Buffalo Soldiers, what they were called for the Marine Corps, they were called the Montford Point Marines. These are the first black Marines who trained at a segregated base um, during World War II time frame, 1942 uh, to 1949. These brothers trained at a segregated base at a place called Camp Lejeune. Uh, but they, it wasn't actually on the base was outside the gate because uh, the military, most of the Marine Corps, uh, didn't want them. 
So a lot of people don't know the Marine Corps was the last branch of service to accept African Americans in the ranks. Mm. A lot of wow. people don't know that. that and they had to be made to do that. But when I found out about this, I was a young sergeant then. I uh, got involved. I started to meet these brothers. You know, a lot of them was out of the military, and they were simply just working on base and out in the community and churches. You know, it was not something they told everybody. But I found out these Marines. So I got a dad organization called the Monte Point Marines. I got involved in, in this organization. And theoretically, um, in 2005, that was a 1995 time frame that I became a member of the, the organization. In 2005, I started a chapter in Quantico, Virginia. In 2009, I became the national president of the entire organization, which wow. consisted of 42 chapters. You know, because I'm so, you know, just, man, amazed at the perseverance that these brothers had taken, you know, did. Mm. You know, and that was all my volunteer service. You know, when I got off work, that's what I was doing. And I just pushed the agenda. But when I became the national president, which I didn't want to be the national president, they wanted me to be the national president. And I was the only active duty, I was active duty Marine at the time. Mm -hmm. But I am the first Marine to be the, the national president of this organization. But I worked with some of my colleagues, the past national presidents, and we posed to Congress to, to award the Congressional Gold Medal to the Martha Point Marines. Mm -hmm. And President Obama was in the seat. And I tell you what, we pushed and we eventually had the lobby con Congress and so forth as the national president, which afforded me an opportunity to be on active duty to also just take off my uniform and walk in Congress and go see each and every representative, mm. Democrat and Republican, in the House of Representatives and in the United States Senate, mm -hmm. you know, both sides. And at the end of the day, we received a unanimous vote to award the Congressional Gold Medal to the Martha Point Marine. That's awesome. And President Obama awarded that medal in uh, 2012. He signed up on that bill, in which I, along with one of my past national president, helped author that bill. So we wrote that bill and found a sponsor. I found a sponsor in the House and I found a sponsor in the Senate. I had uh, Corinne Brown, Congresswoman Corinne Brown from Florida. She was our sponsor. And in the House, and uh, um, Kay Hayden was our sponsor in the Senate. And we pushed this bill and got it, got it, uh, got it passed. Now, the reason I worked in the 111 Congress, you know, I learned some, we made some mistakes. Mm. We didn't get it passed in the 111 Congress, which flowed into the one in the 12. Mm -hmm. That's how I worked with both, you know, those Congress. So, it, I mean, it sounds like to me, you know, that you put your faith yeah. in God. Yeah, mm. And Definitely. a lot of times, like, we might miss our calling yeah. because of ourselves yeah. but because those positive marines wanted their voices to yeah. be heard right, right right wanted their story to be told right and saw something in you true because you didn't want that position as that national president not by no means by no and means. i I'm, i bet you was trying to figure and come up with any and every type of excuse <laughs> it was. Well, you know, uh, when they, you know, I want, I really wanted to be the, I was the senior regional vice president, chapter president and senior regional vice president. Mm -hmm. Then uh, I was, I just simply wanted to, and I, I like progression. Yeah. So I wanted to be the, the vice president, the national vice president. Before so, jumping into that presidential right. role. Mm -hmm. so Which is like, understandable, right. you know, given the, the military background, because right. you like the, yeah. you like to take the whole step. Right. But they 
they saw something in you. Yeah. They saw something in you to say, hey, this young man at the time, at the time. can lead and, and get our voices to be heard. Yeah. And I, I think, man, like, from just hearing this, like, that's amazing. Yeah. Because, for one, I never knew about yeah. those Marines. Right, right. Never knew about them right. ever. Yeah. yeah. I always knew about the Buffalo Soldiers. I always knew about the Tuskegee Airmen. But, I mean, never knew about, yeah. about these month of Point Marines. And, and that, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, for them to have that confidence in you yeah. to say, hey, we want you to be our national president. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And I, I think, and I, and I think, this is telling your story of why you may be running for this office yeah. now. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a definite testimony. During that six, six years, I was the national president from 2006 to 2015. During that tenure, uh, we got we received the Congressional Gold Medal, got a ship named after these brothers. We built a 1.8 million dollar. Um, monument in record time and got a, a holiday name after them as well. Mm. So we have four things that happened in that six period, six year period of time that will affect these these guys until the rest of their, their life. Nice, and plus all Marines, not just African American Marines, all Marines mm -hmm. because it's a part of Marine Corps history now. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to do that, actually do that, and I learned a lot. You know, when I retired from the Marine Corps, we're gonna talk about my why. You know, have an opportunity to work on, on Capitol Hill all the schools and training that I have received uh, in that 30 year period, as well as the 150 schools mm -hmm. that uh, kind of accredited in regards to training to, in, along with my civilian counterparts, mm -hmm. law enforcement, um, anti-terrorism, force protection officer, as we spoke earlier, I'm uh, uh, instructor for pressure point and control tactics. I'm an instructor for take out mobile teams on Weapons of mass destruction, mm. you know. Um, Basically, you trying to say, don't mess with him. No, I'm not <laughs> saying what that. Because well, he, he you know, know. said this pressure yeah. point, well, and all, well, like, well, this dude is tra he's training MMA fighters. Well, no, I said that, in the, no, I said that for the reason, you know, when we talk about Mr. George Floyd. Right, right, right. You know, right, right. and how I've looked at this, uh, this tape. This video mm -hmm. and how sick it makes me because, because you I know see what it's going. Yeah, I can see. You know, and, you know because when you're trained to do something, you, you know what it is. Mm -hmm. To the average eye, you don't. Yeah, you see. Yeah, we so, just looking at right. it like, yeah. damn, his knee on his yeah. neck, you right. can't right. breathe. Right. But you looking at I'm it as actually like, I'm scrutinizing. That's, that's, yeah. that's not tact. Yes, absolutely correct. Yeah. you know, in retiring from the Marine Corps, you know, I had seven jobs waiting on me. You know, uh, in D.C. You know, with the Federal Bureau of Prison and so forth. But, you know, having an opportunity to work on, on Capitol Hill, you know, I got that bug. You know, God just put that in my spirit, and I had to come back home. You know, you know, mm -hmm. I came back home, and it was actually, uh, what, uh, came back home, you know, and actually got called back. Yep, you had to go yeah, back. Yeah, go back to D.C., mm -hmm. and that's when they sent me to the Pentagon. And mm -hmm. went back up there and was able to do some great things, you know, we did some great things and finished off this career and everything. Um, President Obama called me, you know, office called me back, you know, did some things and, you know, some things I was doing in the military at that time, which, you know, uh, I'm crazy not to accept that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, then I, then I retired with 30 years or so forth. But in doing so, you know, I feel like, um, 
you know, God blesses us so we can bless others. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a young man, retired 30 years, and I have too much knowledge to sit on my laurels and not do anything. You know, as I stated, you know, I'm just being obedient in that regards. And, you know, I feel like at this point, I have an inherent obligation to, to be come back and try. At least I can say I tried to be a boss, meaning I've, I've seen the chamber. I used to go leave work and go sit in the chamber and just see how they perform. Mm-hmm. And what we say now on CNN and TV is not what the chamber, chamber w- looked like. Well, we'll say in when President Obama, Clinton, uh, Bush was in office. It's, it's, it's not. You know, it's in, to me, in complete disarray. So, but, you know, having the opportunity to see how it works and know what happens on a day-to-day basis on, on Capitol Hill, you know, I'm built for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I came back and, you know, we need a voice at the table. In 54 years, there's ha- hadn't, was, you know, hasn't been a Democrat in the table from Alabama 1st Congressional District. Um, never been a female. There's never been an African-American man at that table, you know, uh, to speak for the people. So, you know, that, that person is me. Yeah. That's why I'm running. I have an obligation to my ancestors, our ancestors, to run for this office. It's not about me. To me, it's about we. You know, we're going to make some serious changes in the Alabama 1st Congressional District. Um, then we need to have a voice at the table. And I assure you, right now, the 1st Congressional District do not have a voice. The 1st Congressional District consists of um, Mobile County, Baldwin County, Scammy County, Washington County, Monroe County, and Clark County. And the only thing, because of gerrymandering, the, there's a little line cut there. You have Jackson and Grove Hill are the only two counties in Clark County that falls in the first congressional district. So I, so I call it 5.5 counties. Mm. But in those uh, five counties, you have well over 750,000 people. Okay? You have well over 7,000 miles. And I assure you, I, I ran down, you know, went up and down uh, every, every road, highway, highway, <laughs> as well as dirt roads, you know. Because I think it's, it's, it's important to meet people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to knock on the door. I want them to know who James Abraham is. Yeah. You know, I want to tell them who I, I want to tell them not just my story, but I want to talk to them about the issues and concerns, their issues and concerns. And that's something politicians don't do. Mm-hmm. And I've learned some very hard lessons being out here. You know, in this district, our district alone, and just being in DC, there's about twenty two issues that just hearing people talk about things, uh, from a na- local level to a national level. That's about 22 issues. If you go to my website, you'll see probably about 11 or 12, 11 or 12, something like that, because you can't talk about everything, but you keep everything, you know, written down on your head, on your, mm-hmm. on your head or so forth, and just continue to listen to what people are talking about. To kind of answer your question, one of your questions, brother, um, what I see as it pertains to African Americans, mm-hmm. these young brothers and sisters that I meet, they're not fired up. They're not hungry. They have truly lost uh, confidence in the system, the yeah. institution in its, itself. Yeah, they've lost confidence. So you know, I meet young brothers all the time, young sisters all the time that talk about their vote don't count. My vote don't matter. They know who they gonna get already. Well, I said, well, hell, who is they? <laughs> Your vote count. Your vote matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you vote for. You know, I will hope that you will research your candidate, but you need to vote. You have a right to vote. Yeah. People have died. So you can, mm-hmm. you know. So you're running for the first congressional seat. First congressional district. District. Yeah. First congressional district. Yeah, seven districts in the state of Alabama. Okay. 
So, that's that's not to cut you off, brother. Mm-hmm. That's predicated again. What's very important is the U.S. Census. So your your districts are built on uh, the individuals. So ten years every ten years. So we know, as I mentioned, seven hundred and fifty plus thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand plus individuals. Uh, 10 years ago mm-hmm. in our district. Well, we know there's well more than 750 now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we stand to gain in a district. But because of uh, COVID-19 and so forth, people you know, may not do their census. But it's a deeper issue than that because a lot of people feel like if they do their, their census, well, they're going to take my money. They're going to stop my money. Yeah. They're trying to get in my business. Yeah. Yep. That is not the case. You know? Right. So people are not educated on whether it's an election or the purpose of the census. Okay, so you're running for the first congressional district seat. Right, which consists of those five those counties. Those 5.5 counties. 5.5 counties, I just Okay, so what is the purpose of... Because on your card, you're saying you're a candidate for the U.S. Congress. So, okay, so you're running for the first congressional district. We have seven districts. So you all, so you seven meet up and vote on what's going to happen for the state of Alabama? No. Each state have a representative, have representatives. Mm-hmm. Like the state of Alabama have um, uh, seven. Yeah. You know, so... That one individual in your district represents 750,000 individuals. He's your voice. He or she is your voice. Right. Mm-hmm. In Congress. Making a decision for you mm-hmm. in Congress. So it's important to vote someone in that going to have your interest in Congress. Yeah. And, you know, everything that we do in life, everything we do, do, period, is political. And I mean, what I mean about that. Politics control what day your, your garbage get picked up. Mm-hmm. That's all the city council. They always say politi- all politics is local, you know. So, so I guess like so, when you seven people, will y'all be going to Washington and vote and voting on the behalf of the right. state of Alabama? Right. So, 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 and, and not just those seven people. I just want to be clear: not just those seven. Okay, people. explain but, it to me, brother. Because, so, like I said earlier, so, like I, I am. Each state has representatives. It's about 400 plus uh, representatives and in people, individuals in the, in the U.S. House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. So the point is that when there's an issue, a bill to be written or an issue to vote on, your representative go vote your interest. You know, you would talk, theoretically, you would talk to your, your, your fellow representative from your state. So like um, in the state of Alabama, mm-hmm. the 7th District. We have only have one Democratic seat, and that's the seventh district by uh, Representative Terry Sewell. Okay, and that's Dallas County, Marengo County, part of Montgomery, and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. So we have one Democratic representative. She theoretically has no help mm-hmm. to yeah. get issues passed. Right. She can pass, you know, hopefully get issues passed for her district and the greater good of America mm-hmm. and maybe Alabama. But you know, you know, you just it take on a life of its own. Right. But mm-hmm. it would be great if. You know, I want to. If I write a bill as the sponsor and she as the co-sponsor, yeah. you know, and then we are working together to get issues passed okay. on behalf of the uh, constituents in the state of Alabama. Okay, yeah. okay. But yeah. it, it gets deeper than that. You know, as a representative, you have to have a relationship there with everyone on the hill. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. good or bad, Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. And you have to go around and be able to communicate. The good thing about it with James Abelhardt is my name is already up there. You see, my name is there because, because they, you remember, work there. they remember that bill that I wrote. They remember me knocking on their doors. And some of these are career politicians, black and white. They've mm -hmm. been there for a while. And so that's one thing that we, that I think and feel more so that we have been up on that. You know, it'd be great to be elected, you know, to that seat, you know, and then have the opportunity to work with uh, my colleagues and individuals that know me already from my Marine Corps days. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're running for the Democratic right. seat, right. and you're running against uh, Kiana Richards, Gardner. Gardner. Okay, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, she ain't got my vote. <laughs> she ain't got my vote. <laughs> you heard it right here. Hey, I'm gonna tell you right now. I work at the poll. I'm voting for James Abelhardt. Sure. I don't even know who this chick is. I don't care. I don't even care who run on the Republican side. This is me. This is woo. This is my thoughts, my opinions. So, but I apologize for getting your name wrong, lady, if you listen to this podcast. But you're running for the Democratic so nomination. I'm in a run we're in a runoff. You're in a runoff. Right. We're in a runoff that's gonna take place July fourteenth. Okay. You know, neither one of us, you know, in, in the regular primary, there were three candidates. Mm -hmm. Neither one neither one of the candidates are received fifty plus one. Mm -hmm. And so for the first two, you know, they're uh, gonna be in a runoff. So that's her and I. And so, you know, um, we did well. A lot of people wasn't uh expecting no, this is my first time running for office. Like I said, I'm not a career politician. I'm just a concerned citizen like both of you. Mm -hmm. Right right there and her, you know. So, you know, I'm not a career politician. However, you know, I'm just looking out here. I'm learning some things, you know, the hard way. And what I take from this, this, this virus, this, this pandemic, is that there's a replay for me. Mm -hmm. And to me, I take the good out of the situation in that um, God just supported me, giving me what I asked for. I kind of essentially said I want to meet. I wanted to meet as many people as possible because mm -hmm. I want them to know James Abraham. I want to knock on their door. I'm not sending my representatives. I want to knock on their door, which is impossible. However, that was my goal. Mm -hmm. And but I can say that more people know me today than prior to March third. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah. And so. Oh yeah. I'm thankful for that. You know, because a lot of people thought I was a white guy. They thought James Abelhart was a white guy. And they thought, you know, and I'd be yeah, clear. He's about black as me. Well, one thing I don't do is I don't talk about other candidates. Mm -hmm. And I, in a sense, I don't break someone else down to make myself look good. Right. Because the resume speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. resume speaks for itself. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, with that said, but, you know, I, I'm glad that people know that I'm a, you know, uh, uh, African-American male. Strong. Yeah. yeah. And with that, you know, what, what's come with that is, you know, I look at, when I came back not back to Mobile, I got on the ground, I was, I was running, you know, knocking on doors, I was meeting people. You know, I wanted to kind of set protocol, that military thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, set protocol and meet our elected officials and let them know who I am and that I was going to run. But I'm proud that, number one, I stepped out on faith. I didn't kiss the ring and ask permission to run for the office because a lot of people said, well, you should run for councilman 
party mm-hmm. show that you run for mayor. Uh, how about you run for that office, that office, or whatever case may be? And I said, no, God want me to run for this. And that's right. what I'm mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. So, but I'm I'm making a name for myself. And win or lose, I'm not going anywhere because I know that I'm going to be a, a strong force moving forward for the people yeah. in whatever right. capacity. But I definitely want to be in this capacity so I can affect change in all of our communities. You know, with so, federal dollars. Yeah. My um my next question for you is um I guess on the scope because this is election year. Yeah. And uh I mean <laughs> we basically have Donald J yeah. and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh a lot of blacks yeah. are starting to talk. And starting to, you know, uh, give their, voice their opinions on <clears throat> Democrat and Republican. Um, you know, even we was talking earlier, man, and I, you know, we, I brought up, you know, when Diddy asked, or when he said, you know, Joe Biden, or I, I don't know if Joe Biden had, he, I think he probably did announce that he was he was the, the candidate for the Democrat seat. Um, the Democrats going to have to work for the black people vote. Sure. This year, we need changes, and this is going back to all the police brutality, killings, and murders, and 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 everything that's going on. But we see time and time again that these politicians are pandering to the black community. Yeah. Um. So, my question to you. Is because you are running for a democratic seat. Like why, why, why do we as black people feel obligated to vote Democrat? Well, you know, brother, you said a lot in that. You know, and that just got me uh, thinking about a lot of things. But I will simply say that you know the way we was raised, mm-hmm. um, my heritage. You know, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and that, uh, you know, the Democratic Party today is what the Republican Party was yesteryear. You feel me? And so, and that, and saying that, you know, being raised by my grandfather and grandparents and uncles, we was raised Democrat. So kids and grandkids and so forth, it appears that we take on that tradition and heritage in which our parents taught us, mm-hmm. you know, that I raised you to be a Democrat. So we just take it on. Right. You know, every now and then you have somebody scrape away from that. You know, so it's more like, um, I think it's traditional heritage. That's where it's seen. You know, I mean, until you go out into the world and you see what benefits you. Now, as a military man, you know, I think you and I both can agree that, you know, we got our, all the raises that we got came from the Republican side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> so you vote for, you know, not, and although I did not vote Republican, but you look at who, who will bring that. Who bring those uh, type of things to the table? Right. You know, and Republicans always gave military veterans raises and so mm-hmm. forth. But you should vote your conscience. You should vote for the individual, the best individual that's going to serve you yeah. in that position. And I think that that's what we really should do. Instead of being, I wouldn't say narrow-minded in that regard, but we should just do our research. And I think that's what we are now. We should do our research and just not go off what people say. That's what I tell anyone. I know that I don't fit... Uh, what individuals may want, six foot, three and a half, 
bald head black man with a beard, you know, mm -hmm. Marine, that's a stigma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. It doesn't matter about the PhD and all the training and all the schools. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, because I don't fit that, you know. And I know that, and although I have white supporters, you know, I have white supporters as well, um, that that it's, um, and I'm just simply saying that we have to be mindful, and that's the best thing I can say, be mindful of who we elect. You have to connect and get someone that's going to best serve you in that particular seat, in all the seats. Mm. You know, uh, I often tell people, don't vote for me because I'm black. Although a lot of them say they are. But, but, you know, that's real talk though. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I've been inspired a lot in regards to comments like that. But check the brother resume out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See what he brings to the table for you, for real. Right. You see what I'm saying? See what, you know, my opponent brings to the table. Man, you know, I, I ain't gonna lie, bro. You know, I'm gonna be I straight connect, up, bro. I'm gonna be straight up honest. Like, I think when Barack ran, yeah. that was like my first time voting. Yeah. And just seeing, you know, somebody up there with, the same color skin as me right. running for like right, right. an office of that magnitude. Right. Like you couldn't help but vote right. for black. Right. And I think like when Barack ran, like it was it, it was like seeing everything what our ancestors mm. went through yeah. and wanted. Yeah. You know, I, I I couldn't see I can see myself not voting for Barack. Right, right. You know, and you know, being here in Mobile, yeah, we have we have we have black people that run for office all the time. Right. You know, um, Sam Sam Jones. Mm -hmm. You know, he held it down as mayor like for a long time mm -hmm. in Mobile. Right, right. You know, but like I I can't help I I'm not gonna. Because, like, you've already had my vote before because I knew you as my frat brother, as a military brother in arms because we share that as well. So you already had my vote. But sitting down and talking to you and, and knowing where you're coming from and your vision I can't help but not vote for you. I and I appreciate the vote. I'm not turning the vote down. <laughs> All I'm saying is that, and I say that just so intrigued people, go check me out. Right. right. See what I'm bringing to the table. Right. I'm not running off enough that I come with any expectation that you're going to vote for me Vote for me because I'm black. But this brother is black and he's qualified. Right. right. That's right. what I'm saying. I right. think like it's just like we have too much access to information nowadays, man, to not make an educated decision. Yeah. On who we should yeah. vote for, mm -hmm. you know, like it's. I feel like voting straight ticket just because of totally agree who our parents voted yeah. for is just lazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we have yeah. we have so much that we can look into to make sure that the issues that matter so much to us right. are being addressed. Man, but like even even with that, man, you like because you said we have the technology, we can go and. And look at this stuff ourselves. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like I said, when I sat down with him and I heard 
personally. Right. Like, just, you know, b- before today, before today, like, we sat down and we, we had a talk. We had about 30, 45 minute talk. Right. right. And, and when I left about it, I said, bro, you told me, you showed me more of who you are. And your purpose, right? Appreciate and that. you, you reeled me in. Like I, I just appreciate that. But you know what he's doing? He's earning your vote. Yeah. Like it's a lot of people that will probably be in your shoes. They'd be like, I'm gonna automatically get this vote because I'm black. Like he's that, he's earning your vote, which he should be doing. Like Joe Joe Biden, you know the comment. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, my yeah. goodness, he went on like man. Like, I, I I appreciate everything Charlamagne the God does. Yeah. And he interviewed Joe Biden and Joe Biden like closed out there. He said he and I'm not quoting him verbatim. I'm quoting his content. He said, Why would you not vote for me? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. That that last part he said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. To me, that just sounds like he's pandering for the black vote because he said, you ain't black. But we talked about this earlier. The black vote matters. Man, of course know, it matters. The vote is powerful. Yeah, it's powerful. It's so powerful. Especially, we talk about the first district. Mobile is the mecca of the first district. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins this election, Democrat or Republican, you have to win Mobile. Mm-hmm. You have to go through Mobile in order to, to win. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Whether it's the Senate or it's the, the House of Representatives, you have to win Mobile. Mobile numbers are larger than Baldwin County numbers, mm-hmm. period. So, you know, no, it, it, it amazes me, bro. You know, and I don't have all the answers. I, I, all I can do is just go by what I've learned, you know, um, over the last 10 months. But I must say, I think that I came in a little naive. You know, not naive as far as, you know, talk about politics, you know, just thinking that things going to just happen for you, uh, military or whatever. But it really is in my heart that I want to get out there and let you earn that vote. Right. That's why I wanted to meet as many people mm-hmm. because I was assured that I could get some some some, some paperwork in their, hand, in their hands that I can sell myself mm-hmm. and convince them and earn their vote. But I, but I realize all the trickery now. How when I talk about money, power, and prestige, mm-hmm. how money will separate our African American community. Mm-hmm. That they can buy votes. That it doesn't matter who the money comes from. That you can go to an individual and you can give them money uh, and to buy a vote. You see, and one thing that I've learned because you know I'm not like I said I, I talk about being unbought and unbossed. You know, I had an a African-American preacher came to my office and told me that he would get out the vote for thirty to $40,000 and it does not uh, include his fee. Basically, I told him to get the hell out of my office. Right. Yeah. I don't blame. Yeah. You know, because you know, I find it to be very disrespectful and it, it def- undermines everything that people like Dr. King and, and all those uh, civil rights workers did back in the day. They want to charge me thirty to forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay, so he had to go. Yeah. You know, however, he left my campaign. He works now for my opponent's campaign. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Uh, so that's so that division. You know, they hire individuals to go into the African American community and so forth. You know, and do this or that. You know, and uh, and it, again, it just undermines that. I found that money can buy a campaign. And I don't know how that type of money. I, right. I run a straight grassroots grassroots campaign. Mm -hmm. Everything is transparent. You know, you can go out there and see who is donated. You can see how much I I donated to myself. I loaned to my own campaign. Mm -hmm. You know. God just opened some doors up and blessed me in, in a sense, you know. And, and I had to put the pride down because one thing that we don't like doing is, you know, going out there and asking people. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. Strong, myself, strong yeah. black man, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's not about that, you know. And so if you're not out there and getting a lot of donors, you know, in that sense, then they, well, they think you're not electable. Again, these are little things that yeah. I learned mm -hmm. that you're not elected because right. you can't raise money, but it's not the fact that you can't raise money. You know, it's all about where that money coming from. I don't have a pact. No, I don't have a secret organization mm -hmm. of individuals throwing money in, special, call it special interest group, putting mm -hmm. money in my, my, my campaign account. Mm -hmm. But I like that. You know why I like that, brothers? I mean, that means I don't owe anybody anything. Yeah. Because you're not going to write a $20,000, $40,000, dollars check to my campaign. And then you be in their pocket. Then I'm in their pocket. Mm -hmm. I'm in the office now. Then you call me and say, hey, Jane. I need this I, done. I, that's right. Yeah, right. So one thing that I mentioned, I've said my entire tenure, I'm not going to put the party. Yes, I'm running Democrat, but I'm not going to put the party over the people. Mm -hmm. My loyalty is to the people, the individuals that put me in office. Yeah. One, my one them. last question to you. This is my last question. <laughs> Sean might have a question. Gerald might have a question. We know Gerald ain't got no question. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stated of all the issues in this area, what's the number one issue that you want to work on once you get in office? There's so many. I can't narrow down the one issue. Try hard, real hard, just one. Because you know what? Yeah, we can talk about poverty. You know, we can talk about racial injustice. We can mm. talk about our labor union. We can talk about our veterans and so forth. Healthcare, man. Yeah. We know we want to talk about healthcare and social security. So there's no one particular problem and no particular order. You know, because this is this would have come down to my brother mm -hmm. being in that seat. Whatever your concern is, it's my concern. Mm -hmm. And as an effective congressman or congresswoman, you have to be able to work these issues. Like I said earlier, I'm built for it. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to work a myriad of issues and concerns at the same time. You can't pick and choose. This job is not an eight to four job. It's not a nine to four job. That's long days mm -hmm. and some short nights. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to, with the D.C. traffic, you know, you have to be in the uh, on the hill at five to six o'clock. Sometimes they're voting at six a.m. Listen, I don't have any small kids. You know, I don't have any small kids. Mm -hmm. Any, you know, why one child? You know, and uh, he's that old now. But I don't have any small kids that's going to limit me from being in the room to represent my constituents. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they're sick. I got to take them to school. Uh, this and that. It's unforgiving. I'm one hundred percent committed. To the job. So when I talk about that one issue, that one issue that you're talking about, my brother, is is a mirror issue. It's one of those 22 mm -hmm. that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. That our constituents in the first congressional district are concerned about. Hot damn. 
What's up, bro? I don't, I don't have anything. Else. I don't have anything else to say. That's real though. I'm good, Shit, bro. I'm ready to go vote next. That's real. Hey, uh, that's real. Yeah, I'm at every time off. So you just mentioned something, bro. You know, it's sad. You know that brothers, you know, that just take the place with our young brothers and sisters that they're killing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But listen, man. We got to stop talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to stop talking. Action speak louder than the word. You know, half of the people that's talking and raising hell, they not that they're not even registered to vote. Mm-hmm. Think yep. about what I'm yep. saying. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They're not registered to yep. vote. Right. So we need to get these brothers and sisters registered to vote. First and foremost, go to the city council meeting. Go to the town hall meetings that they're having. Go to this county commissioners meeting. We have to show up. A lot of people, I heard something on TV last night, and they were talking about the Black Panther Party being in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. That's a grave misconception of who the Black Panther Party is. They think that these were some radical brothers that was going around killing white folks. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, yeah. that's what the case. All these brothers were voters. Brothers and sisters were voters. They were going to meetings. They were having their meetings, but they was in the room with those individuals. They was involved in their local politics. That's what made them stronger. That's why they was hated. That's why they, they wanted to annihilate them. You see? Mm-hmm. We got the man. In order to know where you're going, bro, you got to know from which you came. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's real talk. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Man, I, bro, I don't have nothing. There. I don't have okay. nothing. Look, look, I, when ready. have you ever saw me sit with my hands for like, I'm intrigued. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, we, man, look, I can sit here and, and hear. About everything that he want to hear talk about, like I'm, I'm just, I'm amazed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because like I said earlier, like I, I am not a political person. Yeah, I want to know more about politics, and I'm so glad that you came on today. And yeah, we not only to speak about your vision for this area. But you gave a whole nother insight on the political world. He gave insight for us. Yeah. 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 I'm real, man. It's yeah. real people. We're talking about us, real people. Man. We're not talking about, about, you know, just individuals. We're talking about individuals that anything we do, people are being affected right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'll say this, man, if I may. You know, someone, a politician, it doesn't matter what level that they're, they're, they're vying for office in. They knock on your door and they promise, woo, Big Sean, I promise you. That I'm gonna do this when I get in office. Mm-hmm. You need to kick them out of your house because mm-hmm. they tell them a lie. Mm-hmm. Can no one person do anything, whether it's down at City Hall, on Capitol Hill, or in Montgomery? One person can't do it. All they can do, and this is—I've never made a promise on this on this campaign trail. I'll just simply say, I work hard for you, right, and yeah. I advocate for you, and they'll get tired of me, and I'll get some things passed. I'll write some bills. Yeah, I see that, and, and one thing, one thing I will say about me, you know, trying to get more involved in the politics, like our voice starts with the local true politician right. runoffs, right, and races, right. That's where our that's where our voices are started to be heard, right. We have to get more involved in these local runoffs. And these local races. Right. Because these are the people that are going <clears throat> up to higher talk, talk to speak for us. for us. Yeah. Like, you know, how you said this this your, your opponent has only been in the state of Alabama for two years. 
It's a lot that doesn't happen, that doesn't happen <laughs> the past 10 years. Yeah. You know? And you only been here two years? That's like saying, shit, you only know up to a second grade level. Mm-hmm. Education. You know what I'm saying? You don't know everything else that's been going on. And you lived it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're limited to what 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 has been going on, what have we lived and been through. You know, um, man, it's, like I said, it's, this has been eye-opening to me. And, and, and brother, like, once again, I appreciate you for coming and joining us and, and speaking you, man, with not only us, but speaking to the people, speaking to our audience. I appreciate it, man. Man, um, look, man, tell the people, like, if they want to make donations to your campaign, tell them how they can do that. It's all good. I'll simply say, man, you know, as I always state, bro, you know, we can look at, uh, you have to know from which you came. But now is not a time for recrimination. We cannot look backwards and fear at what our ancestors have been through. Nor can we, you know, also look back in anger and what our ancestors have been through. Mm-hmm. Slavery was slavery. That was history. Yeah. You know, we, are, we must be mindful of that in order to do better. But we can't look forward in fear and taking a stance, you know, and going forward to to stop issues like uh, killing of black men. All oh, that's predicated upon your, your elected officials. Mm-hmm. It starts, if you ask me, if it happens in the city of Mobile like it has a few years ago, yeah. it yeah. starts yeah. with we your man. Your, your chief of police. And I think we got some damn good uh, police officers in the city of Mobile. They're the first one we call, mm-hmm. black and white. But we know that there's some bad apples out there. Mm-hmm. You know? So I simply say, no, we cannot look forward in fear. But we have to embrace, Alabamians have to embrace diversity. No, um, embrace diversity and, and make a change for a new vision. Somebody that's going to truly fight. You know what? Um, we haven't had, again, a Democrat in this seat. The last 54 years, um, never had an African American male. I'm a qualified, qualified African American male that's ready to assume the duties and responsibilities in which I do not take lightly. My website, if you can see what my my platform is really all about, uh, Uh On that page, you'll see a donate button. Donate what you can, what you will. Like I stated, uh, I'm running a true grassroots campaign. I'm not getting money from special special interests and so forth. So I would appreciate, we will appreciate anything that uh, you were willing to donate. Man, so basically what this man is saying <laughs> is he ain't in nobody's pocket. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> ain't no good boy system going on here. He ain't no Steven from the Django. Yeah. None of that. So if y'all think y'all finna buy this man off by giving to his campaign and when he get in office, notice I've been speaking when and what you going to do. Because yeah. I'm speaking into an existence. Ain't none of y'all going to be in this man's pocket. None. Because he ain't taking no bribery. He, he's sticking to the basics. But I'm going to help our people out. Yeah. And help the people out. I'm going to help our people out. Yeah. I have a special you know, interest in 501c3s, et cetera, and so forth. But we have to be able to advocate and force, you know, work for the people. Right. You know, it's, oh, man, it's so much, it's so many opportunities. But we got to be at the table. Yep. Quick point. True history. You drive across the bay. 
you get off at uh, 37, whatever, Spanish Fort. Mm-hmm. You see how that looks? Just go from Spanish Fort, Daphne, Foley, Fairhope, whatever. It's all see, built it's up. It's much. Mm-hmm. Know why? Because that's where the representative from. Yeah. Think about it. The mm-hmm. money follows the representative. Mm-hmm. My interest in, in the people that are the citizens of Mobile, Alabama, black, white, all, it don't matter. My job is to bring the federal money to Mobile, Pritchard, Fortify. Man, we have some great projects, man. We haven't talked about that, but not time right now. Yeah. I got it. We have some <laughs> projects on the local level. And you can talk about when I say the 22 issues from the local to the national level. Mm-hmm. There's some great projects that we need to talk about. Yes, it starts right here in, in our communities. Man. Okay. Look, I mean, I don't even think, like, we should even hit on a Wilson moment of the week. I don't have one, bro. Like, man, it's, this this has been one. this has been amazing. Yeah. You know, um, like, I mean, I like I said, I'm going to plead out to our people, man. Like, hey, continue to let your voices be heard, man. Exercise like, your right to vote. Exercise, exercise your right to vote. Understand your laws and your cities and in your states. Yeah. You know, um, man, we, we cannot we cannot grow numb to what's going on in the environment. You know, all I can do is just hope that everybody remains safe. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, we got an obligation to get back home safe to our families. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the local threat. Are the ones that's supposed to be protecting us. True. Um, Brother Abelhart, I appreciate you for joining us today. Thanks because, so. like I said, I'm not I'm not abreast to to politics as I should. I have been getting uh, educated myself recently, but you have told me and you have spoken on some things today that has opened my eyes, and I appreciate you for that. Thank you, brother, for having. Man, Shane, you got anything else you want to say, bro? I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> Brother, I, just, you got, I appreciate you joining us, man. It's all good. You got anything else you want to say, bro? I think I said enough, bro. I took up all the time. You got your campaign manager in the building? Ray, you got anything you want to say over there? She good. She, 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 she said, do I need to be there? I said, look, man, you welcome. You might even want to say something. She right. act like she's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Go home, go to sleep. You eat today. You wake up, see, and maybe you said, like, I don't wish you eat. You gotta eat. You gotta eat. All right. What you doing? I'm out putting out signs in there. You don't need me out this late. All right. Stay on. Oh, yeah. Go back and put your social media. Oh, yeah. See, look at you. So, so we have uh, James Abelhart for Congress. We have uh, James Abelhart for Congress, Instagram, and James Abelhart uh, Facebook page as well. So that's where we at. Man, look, look, man. Go follow him on all his social yeah, platforms. Yeah. The yeah. website, the Facebook, and the Instagram, and man. Donate to the campaign. Yes. Yeah. And look, July 14th, right? July 14th. July 14th. Hey, I'm working the polls. I'm going to be at the poll and see him. Y'all come up there. I'm going to be looking and watching. And, no doubt. Hey, y'all, I'm be there. Absentee, you know they're pushing absentee because of COVID nineteen. Yeah, you know, you know. I, so as a, as a candidate, I'm going along with the with the absentee, but the mail system is running slow. That doesn't get you. Nah, you right. I work there. I know. So in that sense, you know, 
if you want to do, especially for our elderly, elderly uh, citizen, your grandparents and your parents that have some underlying condition, uh, do the absentee, but we need to do it now. Mm -hmm. And then we need to uh, uh, register. If some, a lot of people, I'm still meeting people who are not registered to vote. Go online and register. Yeah. One, uh, that will estimate everything. Get your absentee sent to you, and then uh, and then send it back in. With that said, I'm encouraging people to put the PPE on and go out to the poll. Yeah. Because we, you know, you know, what I I have this this vision in my head that after every election, you know, someone yep. find bags and bags of absentee ballots that haven't been counted. Yep. Mm. So I want everyone's vote to be counted mm -hmm. because I'm sure, you know, with this runoff. I'm hoping, you know, praying to be elected the nominee. It's going to be a great fight going into November, and I think we'll win. Yes, sir. I truly believe we'll win. Man, look, y'all yeah, heard any, it here first. Any, any, any Republican candidate, because we have a transition. The transition mm -hmm. is the military. Mm -hmm. I tell anybody that. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. Alabama is a patriotic state. Yep. We have a transition, unlike anyone else. Y'all heard it here first, man. We are sitting here with the first. Congressional District Representative. Yeah, we're gonna speak into existence. James Abelhart. <laughs> we sitting here now. Y'all heard it here first. And when he when he gets in his seat, hey man, we might have to go to his office and do an interview. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But look, man. Once again, like I said, we appreciate you for joining us. Man, this has been a great episode. Yeah. I want to apologize. Sorry for the link. I know it's going to be a little long, but, man, I'm glad y'all. Man, look, man, we ain't got to apologize for the link no more, though. Well, okay, look, okay. They, they with us. They with us. Man, y'all heard it here first. It's your boy, Woo. It's your boy, Big Hess. And this is Wooisms. Hey. We out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wooisms, hosted by your boy, Woo, and the homie, Big Hess. Please make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Wooisms Pod. You can find me on IG at K underscore D underscore Wooten and Big Hess on IG at Big underscore Hessley. As always, to know Woo is to know Woo. Peace out.